up, fellas? Welcome back to another episode of The Grown Man Project. I'm your host, Kurt Kersey, and today's episode is super special because I'm hanging out with Papa Bear, Jay Kersey, my dad, uh, for a special Father's Day episode. We're going to talk all things about my upbringing, my dad's upbringing, what it means to be a father as I'm a father in training, and Papa Bear is a father of... 30 plus years, however old Kate is at this point, uh, and a husband to my mama bear, Lynn, of 30, what did we say, 35 35 years. Um, So excited to dig in with Papa Bear. Uh, If you guys haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, would love for you to do that and leave us a rating and review, give some honest feedback and uh, would love for you to go to grownmanproject.com and get signed up for the email newsletter. We actually are about to, when this podcast airs, will be the week of a new little rebrand, a little relaunch of the podcast that we've been working on behind the scenes. So excited to share that with you. Make sure you go to grownmanproject.com to stay in the loop on all new podcast episodes, resources, and what that new brand is going to look and feel like and some other things we got cooking there. But with that, let's jump into the show. Hey. Welcome, Papa Bear. Thank you. Thanks Glad for hanging with out you. with me. Glad to be here. Uh, I was excited to do this episode. We kind of sprung it on you last minute, so thanks for being a <laughs> team player. Um, I dressed for it. That's right. But if you hear some birds in the background and you don't happen to be watching the video of this episode, it's because we're sitting out back in Lebanon, Ohio, staring out to the back of a treehouse, a zip line, a tent, uh, <laughs> and probably a vehicle or two, unless all they're things all, outdoors. all inside. But Papa Bear loves his space and outdoors. Yeah. But I was excited to have you on the show because uh, I learned so much about what it means to be a man and specifically a grown man and even more specifically a believer uh, from you, from you and Papa, your dad. Um, And so just excited to honor you and all the fathers out there uh, in recording this episode and just say thank you to dads like you that were so you were so intentional about being with us, about spending time with us, about modeling for us what it looked like to have a heart after Christ uh, in good times and bad. Uh, And so I've just admired and appreciated that about you and excited to have maybe a little different conversation than we might typically have about fatherhood. No, I appreciate that and appreciate your words and comments and try to keep my composure amongst (laughs) that. But uh, appreciate that very much and that's that's the honor that's the privilege i think that's the mantle that comes with um, the honor and privilege of being a father and Mm. uh, as you know and you shared very well i had the best role model could have had in my father and uh, have seen that as well those that i've been privileged to be around and learn from Uh, my brother you know i look up to and my brother-in-law kip you know, my brother Jeff and brother-in-law Kip and so many others that I could name that you just, as a community of believers and that you learn from, Mm. um, mistakes you make, things you learn along Mm. the way, been plenty of those, Um, So, but you learn. So that brought up a question for me. Like, I think one of the thing, one of the many things I learned from you about being a man is that there's a ton to learn. And that one of the best ways to learn is to 
watch and be around other men that yeah. are men that you admire. And you already mentioned Kip and Jeff and yeah. your dad. Yeah. Where, where do you think that you learned that it was wise to be around men that were acting like men? Um, that's a good question. I, I, I think in many ways you're attracted to those qualities of um, leadership, of guidance, of, of just great stewardship of their, their beliefs and their faith and how they share that. And so I think you, you assimilate to some people of that nature. Those that aren't, you definitely don't want to be around. Hmm. And I think God gives you that, that spirit of discernment, you know, that that's not who you want to be or be around or you make mistakes and you learn from that and you grow. And so I think that's where, you know, really looking to those that you saw um, and even even some that, you know, were peer groups that I learned from and um, thinking of those godly men that I've learned from over the years, uh, you know, a, a Jeff Simon, a Steve Sessler, uh, mm -hmm. Todd Guckenberger, you know, even they, they may be uh, Todd, not the others younger than me, but, uh, you know, and Dave Workman, who you just talked to, people that you just learn from and see how they parent, how they father. Um, and what drew me to that really, I think, was their their faithfulness. And even, you know, admitting where we all stumble, where we fall, what we learn from, how we, how we get up and press on. Um, and I think that's, you know, for me to pursue that, you saw things that stood out. Um, you saw things that exemplified yeah, I'd, I'd like to follow that. I'd like to learn from that. I'd like to, to grow from that. So hmm. I think that's very helpful. Did you see, like, did did Papa, your dad, pursue those kind of relationships? Like, was that ever modeled for mm -hmm. you or that was just like a natural yeah, thing to I spend think, time? Yeah, I think, you know, and he's, as you said, he would be top of my list. I mean, he's hmm. the best man I've ever known. And hmm. I think when you look at that and see his ability to continue to grow, um, we didn't have a lot, we didn't know that, but we were taken care of, we were loved. Um, both he and, and my mother uh, worked hard together, um, grew. Um, I know I know there was a couple people of God for sure in his life, one pastor I know for sure that meant the world to him. Mm -hmm. And I think at a critical time in his life and really helpful. Mm -hmm. And so what I saw in him was um, that we were always priority. Hmm. His family was always the priority. So stuff didn't matter, chasing different things didn't matter. Um, and I feel like that's what I've tried to do, um, you know, in saying that, and I've learned that firsthand from him, that the otherworldly stuff and chasing things and could have more, could, could work harder, could have more professional success, doesn't matter in the end. You know, what really matters is your family and they have to come first and you have to fight for that. You mm -hmm. definitely have to fight for that and pursue that. Um, and so I saw that definitely with him first and foremost. And, you know, that's the thing, being at every event that you can be at, absolutely being around, being present, the best coach I ever had, the best you know, person to be around. So that's a huge blessing. Yeah. And you, you said that so well, like one of the things you modeled for me so well, it's, mm -hmm. it's fun to hear that like that came from Papa, but was yeah. just being around. Like, yeah. like I tell people all the time, like 
you know, mm-hmm. you, you've been a financial advisor your whole career, most of your career, yeah. almost all your career. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons I even pursued that industry at the start of my career was really the realization that, gosh, that's that's why you had the flexibility to coach mm-hmm. everything I was ever a part of or yeah. be there to shoot hoops out in the, uh, out in the driveway yeah. anytime we wanted to or go on it every family vacation or spend time down in Mexico serving. Yeah was because you created a career where you could have that flexibility and made that mm-hmm. your number one priority. And I think, like you said, you have to fight for that. Like mm-hmm. one of the things, one of my earliest memories probably of you is recognizing mm-hmm. that like you got up at the ass crack of dawn <laughs> so that you could still get in a eight or 10 hour day yeah. and be home by three o'clock hanging out with us yeah. uh, and then I know that after we went to bed at night you were up for a few more hours even still back when I could <laughs> what, what how mm-hmm. like I know there's lots of fathers that in a perfect world would would have more free time to spend with their families sure. how, how mm-hmm. what, what would you say to like encourage fathers that are struggling to figure mm-hmm. out whether it's a career path or the right mix of of professional ambition versus mm. spending time with your family? Like, what would you say to encourage them to just try to navigate that maybe in a healthier way? Yeah, I, I think it's a good thought and a good question. And I think the, you know, the real key point in that is it, first and foremost, it is worth every effort that you have. Mm. There's no better investment, no better investment. So whatever the world thinks they hold or whatever is out there that in many times we're tempted by or to follow. Um, there's no better investment than that in your family and being present, being available, uh, not always having the right answers, not always having the, but being present, being available in the moment. And I think for those that fathers that are in that mix and fighting, you know, one, own that enough to be bold enough to say, this is where I'm gonna, this is the high ground I'm not gonna give up. And so whatever that looks like with my employer, with my career, whatever I'm doing, this is what I'm going to do and work through that and Mm -hmm. and be transparent about that. That's who you are, Mm -hmm. because there is no better investment. Um, And I think being able to know that, um, learn from it again with with my dad, my grandfather. I saw that, I think, with my grandfather as well. But, you know, they taught they taught us the old phrase, you know, two ways of doing things right and over. Mm-hmm. And you've heard that many times, but um, it's so true. So to be able to learn, you know, you don't want to do this part over. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to do it right. And so we're all going to stumble. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to grow and learn. Um, and so I think don't give up that high ground if you have the ability to carve that out and figure it out with your your career or whatever your job is, whatever you're working yeah. on. Be, make that a priority yeah. for sure. I think that's one of the things for sure that I learned from you is making those things a priority, but then also not using that as an excuse to not still find success, to not still find ways to be entrepreneurial and find ways to still also give your family the financial freedom to make the decisions you want to make about being generous and about creating experiences. Um, and, and yet still making those financial sacrifice, being able to make the financial sacrifice by choice, mm. not by, uh, not by force, yeah. you know, 
let's talk a little bit about your upbringing. You grew yes. up in good old Wilmington, Ohio, huh? but mom would call you a city boy. <laughs> uh, Country roots, for sure. <laughs> Farm roots, so for you, sure. So you and Mama both grew up yeah. in. What's the yeah. what is the pop or what was the population of Wilmington? Do you remember? I would have no idea what it would have been. I have no between clue one holler and the other. I have no idea. <laughs> um, no, how, that, how did growing up in more of like a small town yeah. environment? How did that shape you as a man? Um. I think, again, I, I would relate to um, the people you're around, uh, the values. Uh, I think of a small town, rural community, you know, what that meant. Um, yeah. But I, I would, again, I would go to my parents and say, you know, the fact that, that they felt like us as a family unit uh, meant a great deal, yeah. uh, that, that shaped the majority. I mean, we, um, again, yeah, when we were living in town, the deal would be, you know, we had enough kids on one end of each corner that we'd say we had a ball game and a fight every day. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, it was part of just a great sense of growing up together and having fun and being outdoors. And um, but you you lived in community, and so you learned how to grow up and function. And um, but also knowing that we had this family unit, and that was so important. Mm. Um, and being again in small town America um, was was fantastic um, mm -hmm. and it you know you had you had a lot of people some with similar values some not but you also figured out real quickly again what attracted you what yeah. what didn't and I think those things were positive in shaping that and uh, great community great people um, around and so you know we had a lot of fun had yeah. a, a great time growing yeah. up so you you ended up being a pretty darn good athlete in high yeah, school, decent. right? Point decent. guard and quarterback. Decent around <laughs> around around good athletes. Yeah, let's put it that way. And ended mm. up playing some college ball. A little bit at Wright State. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. What what mm. drew you to athletics? I, I think um, again, sense of camaraderie, people um, coming together for a common purpose, common goal, um, and and working together battling together um you know really locking arms together yeah so whatever whatever that looked like from accomplishing a goal again to your point i i was a very average player around great players mm. but we all knew our role and mm. so i would say again having my dad as a great coach he, he was the athlete he was the phenomenal athlete. Yeah. So anything that trickles down to you, to Jack and Evan, that's coming from him. And I yeah. think, uh, again, and your future children. Um, but I think that taking that step of knowing, you know, great coach in high school, great coach that knew how to take each person in their role and have them be excellent in that role. Mm. I didn't have to score a lot of points in basketball. All I had to do is know how to handle the court and distribute what defense we're running, where to be. I knew my role. I knew my guys that would score or where they needed to be. So it was really, from a, from a business perspective, it was great delegation and execution. Mm. And so we had a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and, and the same would be you know, at any other level. Um, and again, you learn that. So if my dad asked me or that coach, Coach Staley, asked me today, you know, get up and run through that wall, I might be slower but I'd run through that wall, I'd do it. And so I think it's yeah. that respect of execution and, and that 
band of brothers to some measure, not, not even equating from a mil military perspective of, like you know, uh, we stop and thank every person that serves. Um, we thank them personally and do that now, especially you know with everything in this world and frontline medical folks as well. But just saying, yeah, this is, you, you come together for a common purpose and goal and collaborate and do the best you can. Yeah. 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 Where, where did, you know, we've talked a couple times now about Papa yeah. being a great coach, yeah. making family first, being a great teacher <clears throat> and a great leader in that way. Uh, and my mother as well. Yeah. Same where thing. did they learn? Like, did they, did they learn that from their parents? Did they learn that from being um, around others? Like where, where do you think that came from? For I them? think that's a good question. I, I don't know if it would be, um, late fifties, early sixties, you know, type, type of, uh, Americana or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I also know things were simple then. Yeah. Uh, you didn't have a lot of distraction and busyness in mm -hmm. the world. Um, but yeah, I think their families, you know, represented just good, hardworking, you know, from, from my dad's side, from a farming background and from my mother's side, just hardworking people. Yeah. Um, and so I think you just learned those values and uh, doing a job well yeah. and, and then finding, finding comfort, you know, in your family and enjoying yeah. that. Um, yeah. I think that's kind of where that came from. And, and we were, I, I know I was a train wreck a lot of times, so that I think their <laughs> hands were, were pretty full of just trying to focus on, you know, herding me in and, you know, yeah. Reining us in and Le less think, to do thinking meant, they knew where we were all the time. I was going to say really. less to do meant creatively finding things that maybe yeah. weren't always yeah. the best yeah. use of your time. And as my sister would say, where was I when you were doing that? We were like, <laughs> my brother and I would say, yeah, you were you were somewhere else. It was OK. <laughs> you were strategically left out Correct. of the loop. Correct. Mm -hmm. uh, what? So you end up playing ball at Wright State. Just briefly. And, yeah. Briefly. And at that point, were you was that when you were pre-med? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Yeah. So. Why, why were you originally pre-med and kind of what took you out of that? Yeah, I, I think uh, I had a great mentor that I met uh, really when I was uh, finishing high school, uh, John Petty, who's, who's a really still a great mentor to me. And while we were really a family that believed in the Lord growing up, um, I didn't have a personal relationship with Christ per se. And met him at a time when I was really just searching. I think mm -hmm. as a senior in high school, I think uh, the Lord brought him back to this area. Him, when I was growing up, kind of like probably like when my dad was growing up and John, this gentleman was growing up, my, my father was kind of the star athlete. And I think then John was kind of the athlete that all the kids knew and followed and just a great guy. And mm -hmm. he went on to play basketball at Ohio State and, um, and uh, pursued medicine. Um, and his father was a, we could do a whole nother episode on that, very interesting. <laughs> um, but he also had a big influence on me as a senior in high school, and I wanted to pursue that. And uh, How did you meet Dr. Pursued, I, You know, um, just through some different relationships when I was in high school. I knew who he was yeah. from when I was a child growing up and being around the sports area in yeah. Wilmington. Um, but no, we connected and, and made a great contact. And was so he was your, a great mentor, led me to the Lord. Yeah. Um, 
you know, from a personal relationship standpoint. Mm. And um, what did that look like? Mm. Like when you say <clears throat> led me to the Lord, like how, how did he do that? Um, he, you know, he took the time to visit about, you know, what's that mean? So you, you, you do know about God, but what's that really mean? Do you have mm. a personal relationship? Are you pursuing that? Are you, are you working at that? Mm. Um, wasn't real, real sure what that looked like. Mm. And um, there was uh, the opportunity for him to share with me, you know, about what that could really look like. Mm. And so we spent time and- um, Not just knowing it, but actually, yeah, yeah. actually experiencing Learning it and that and, and, uh, and then long story short, you know, part of, part of my college background, he uh, was a director of physical medicine and still at Kettering Hospital physical medicine rehab and helped me a great deal in learning um, about medicine. I had a real interest in pursuing that and kind of went that direction, you know, in, in my career and then really um, decided through some bumps in the road and different things that, yeah, that's probably not where I want to end up, um, but learned a great deal and people and um, enjoyed that time with him. Uh, part of my, part of my way of Working my way through college was driving him to Kettering Hospital and then mm. taking the bus at times and going on to Wright State and doing things because he uh, he had a back injury and mm. needed assistance getting there. So it was, and we still have a deep relationship today. So was mm. that so? Obviously, you did not end up pursuing medicine no. long term. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> what what I guess first what what drove you away mm. from medicine ultimately? I think it was uh, just just some bumps in the road and realizing that there was part of me that was pursuing that because I did love it, it was interesting, mm -hmm. but I was probably pursuing it more out of a drive that I thought other people thought that's what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. And I realized what I loved about it were people. Mm -hmm. I loved the engagement, I loved being around people. I didn't like, um, some of the other minutia sides of it that I was starting to see, but it was more about being around people, helping people, serving people. Mm. Um, and I think, I think that's what I learned the most from that and the takeaway and that kind of drove me through some other relationships to become a, a CFP and pursue that side yeah. because I still love the engagement with people on a day-to-day, -day. Every, every situation's different. Yeah. And that's fantastic. What, was that ever hard? You know, I've walked through a couple circumstances where <clears throat> with you and then with Todd Guckenberger, yeah. where I started down kind of one career path or opportunity ended up going in a different direction. It sounds like you kind of did the same thing with Dr. Petty, right? Yeah. Like following in his footsteps and then kind of decided to move in a different direction. Was that hard at all in your relationship or how did he... No, I, I, that? I think that's the beauty. And, and again, if I, if I reinforced anything um, for him, for John, like my father, it was always, okay, what'd you learn from that? What are you going to do with that? Mm. God's going to use you in whatever capacity you go to, as long as your hands are open and you're pursuing that. Um, but no, just go then, run yeah. through the door, you know, run through the wall. Uh, yeah. Don't don't slow down. Pursue that, and be the best you can be. And I think um, that's where that that reengagement, you know, came from. Of yeah. um, no, don't don't back away from that. You you pivot and you go this direction. Uh, do it 
with all your heart and with all your might and all your mind. You know, we're told that yeah. uh, biblically. So yeah, yeah. So how did how did did you discover financial planning and then decide, hey, that might actually fit me better, or did you decide? medicine isn't the right path let me go kick the tires on some other opportunities and then find I I, I think it was almost um, those two together I took I took some time off just labored did did some different jobs Um, that was a neat time when I met your mother yeah wasn't looking to meet she wasn't looking to meet, but it was cool how God did that at a at a non-denominational church Mm. Um, actually that dr. Petty my my parents other people were at and so Mm. we met and it was, you know, God ordained without a doubt. And so I knew, and still to this day, I mean, she's my rock. She's my prayer warrior. And and you guys got married fast, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Like, so you guys met and then got married how quickly? Uh, I would say we met in September, October, got married in January. It's okay. Yeah. So how quickly did you get engaged? Or was there even an engagement? No, was it just, really. we're gonna get no. we're just gonna get married. Couldn't afford a ring at that time. So yeah. it was pretty much, yeah. Did whatever we could do and now we knew. I mean we just knew. Yeah. And what drew me to her was, you know, her faith and still to this day, um, you know, how solid she is and reigns me in, you know, and, mm. and is a prayer warrior for sure. Did your did either of your parents think that that was crazy? I'm sure they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they didn't tell you. We didn't hear a lot of that. No, it was pretty much no roll on and yeah, yeah, work on. And so, they, you know, that was it was right and it was good. And then yeah. from that, I had been exposed to um, some people in the financial planning world and was blessed to meet a great mentor, Rob Fletcher. Mm-hmm. You know who who you will remember, but mm-hmm. um, still keep in touch with him, who helped me tremendously on getting on the. CFP track very early and mm-hmm. way back when it wasn't hardly popular. Yeah. And so finished that in like 1987 and pressed on from there. That would have been really early because yeah. I feel like CFP was established <clears throat> in the 80s. Yes. So it would have yeah. been like pretty new yeah. organization. Yeah. And, and you, for those you, that don't. You had to go direct then. There yeah. wasn't um, pen and, you know, pencil and paper tests and that type of thing. There yeah. wasn't. Um, Wright State, OU, different schools now have it obviously as part of their curriculum. Yeah. But it wasn't available at that time. And for those that aren't as familiar, CFP is Certified Financial Planner. Yes. So if you're not in the financial advisor yes, world, sorry. which sorry. a lot of our audience probably is to a degree, but uh, uh, most advisors now look at the CFP, the industry really looks at the CFP as the mark of okay, you're officially an advisor, right? That's yes. kind of, it's kind of like the CPA in the accounting world or the JD Correct. in the legal Correct. world. Uh, but it's interesting that like, even when it was young, because there were competing designations that over the years have kind of fought for that spot of yes. the mark of reputation. Yeah. And CFPs really only recently claimed that probably in the last five years as the mark. Yeah, I think they've stepped up to pursue that for sure. Yeah, so it's just yeah. interesting that you were so so early on the front end of that. Yeah, and the the accredited estate planner as well. That was one that meant a lot to me, yeah. you know, to get done. But yeah, just feeling like I, I enjoyed that and again enjoy the evolution of of the depth with a client, whether it's an individual or family or a corporate client. Yeah. You know, going deep. And you've kind of, you know, the financial world is interesting in the sense that you can go work at a big bank 
You could work at a big firm, uh, or you can kind of hang a shingle mm-hmm. and be in it. Kind of not all that different from the attorney world, right? You can yes. go to a big firm. You could even go to a small firm, or you could hang a shingle and do your own thing. Yes. Uh, and you chose to kind of hang a shingle and kind of do your own thing, right? Yeah, I did. I, I wouldn't say did I did that. Did you do that from the start? or I did. I mean, I associated in different realms on, on the insurance planning side, the risk management side. Um, and some of that was without knowledge of how you assimil- assimilated at that time. Sure. Um, because, again, at that time, the, the banks and everything, that was all separate. Yeah. And so you had to do it separately. Um, so I learned a lot, um, grew a lot got my nose bloodied here and there. You learn through experience, but um, met a lot of great people and got a lot of great direction. And so, yeah, grew from that of what what you would want a uh, combined practice to really look like from yeah. a holistic planning perspective. How, how soon after starting your business did Kate come along? So I was, I started in 1985. So the year, half the year later when your mom and I got married. Okay. So uh, had been and working. what were you doing? Had been working two yeah. jobs at that time. And Where she were you was working? a paralegal. Uh, let's see, I was working at Airborne at night, sorting freight, and then working during the day at a couple different jobs. Which Airborne is now DHL for those that aren't from Wellington. Yeah, or ABX. So yes. <laughs> um, and uh, it was great, you know, hustled, drank way too much Mountain Dew in those days, <laughs> but getting by and then, and then studying at that time for the CFP, which is roughly a two-year curriculum, but um, and working and, and had some people that helped me on the risk management side and, yeah, learned from that standpoint and then, and then grew to develop other relationships from the investment advisory space and... You were saying so you worked at worked at Airborne and then yeah. where else? Yeah, couple couple different places: auto parts place, electrical plumbing place. That great people. Yeah. You know, again, experiencing wonderful people in an environment, and you know, worked hard. And same with your mom; she was a paralegal, so learned a lot. You know, from that aspect too. Mm-hmm. And while we were seeing what direction, so Kate was born. You know, in 1987, yeah, May 1st, and then uh, we were, I think I was studying then for the CFP and finished that in 87. And Yeah. I know mm-hmm. another man that was really helpful, I think, in that season in your life, but also just has had an impact on you for a long time, because I've heard many stories, is Grandpa Drake, Mom's grandpa. Yeah. yeah. Right? Can you yep. talk a little bit about how he helped y'all through that season, but also just who he was? And Yeah, I think um, much like my grandfather, my grandpa Kersey, I think he was, he was just a man of values mm. and hard worker, uh, farming mm. background. But I think one of the smartest from a business mind standpoint of fundamentally sound, simple, of dealing with people, you know, in good ethical ways in what he did but yeah he he challenged us in ways of what we were doing and how we were doing things but also encouraged us to help us gave us incentives to grow but um, I think from an aspect of 
just his overall look at the world and how you treat people. He treated everybody phenomenally well, even those that people stepped over or you know wouldn't pay attention to. He was one of the first to love and help and build into um, much more of a hand up than a hand out, yeah. but always be there and encourage and build into people. And, and his wife, Grandma Drake, would be very much like mm -hmm. your mother. I mean, just the the rock, the steady person that mm. would rein him in, you know, mm. at times when she had to, but very, very complimentary to that process. And, mm. you know, just good values of caring for the people you're around every yeah. day. And he, he was a pretty impressive entrepreneur, yes. especially for his yes. season. Yes. How, did that rub off on you at all? Like what, seeing his example of that? Yeah, I, I think the thing that rubbed off on me the most was if you think of his being a farming background and then he got into the mobile home sales, if you will, when uh -huh. shortly after World War II wasn't a popular thing, but needed but his customer service values mm. are what really rubbed off on me. And he would still share that. Uh, handwritten notes, mm -hmm. uh, reaching out to people, always doing, what do you need? What do you need me to yeah. do? Um, yeah. And his little neck of the woods was called Nosy Valley. <laughs> and so when people would ask, why do you call it that? He'd, you know, he would say, why do you ask? So <laughs> it was uh, interesting, but no, just a very interesting entrepreneur, but also, um, true to what his values were and how yeah. you treated every person extremely well. I think one of the interesting things too is like talking about Papa and Grandpa Drake and you uh, is that they were all learners. Like I, mm. I, remember, I have heard mom countless times talk about all the quotes Grandpa Drake had on his yes. desk or yes. how many times I've heard Papa bring up this random book that he read about Florida and start yeah. telling us all these all these facts about Florida and I feel like that obviously impacted the way that you think about life and experiencing mm -hmm. life of just being a continual learner and having your eyes wide open about what can I learn from this situation what am I curious about that doesn't necessarily have ambition tied to it but I just want to learn yeah. about it and that's definitely rubbed off on on me I just I'm curious about things I yeah. like to I like to learn uh, but then also like the entrepreneurialism of like what can you go then do with that knowledge mm -hmm. you know how can you uh, use it to build a relationship how could you use it to love on somebody how could you use it to build a business yeah. um, it's just interesting to reflect on where that that actually came from you know yeah, and I think you're right. I think that, you know, the learning from that is it's always great just to keep asking questions. Yeah. You know, I think that's how God created this world. You know, we continue to learn. We learn about each other. We learn about the world around us. We learn whether it's nature, anything. You know, I'm still continue to learn every yeah. day. And I think, yeah, that, that part is always fascinating to me. Uh, there's so much... You know, now when I pause and can be still and slow down and look at that, that's key. Yeah. You know, that's really key. Um, so, so Kate comes along in 87. You had just kind of gotten the financial planning yeah. practice off the ground or you're yeah. kind of working to get it off the ground. Uh, and you come along in 89. I come along and screw everything up in 89. <laughs> 
what what did like business and life and I don't know marriage look like by the time I came along in '89? Yeah, we so in in that period, really on Kate's birthday, we moved into a house. Mm. We were we were living in a, a duplex that we took care of mm-hmm. that her her grandparents owned and I managed it, took care of everything, all the maintenance, and we found this piece of land and they'd been repossessed by a bank and I got looking at it and nobody wanted it. So so thought, this is funny because I <laughs> I not to cut you off, but I I just heard this story for the first time like a month ago. Uh, which is just funny like you know, obviously I got a lot of my entrepreneurial gene, I think, mm. from you. Uh, but I, I still had never heard this story. And this is one Hope of the most, like, that. entrepreneurial, like, <laughs> opportunistic, let me figure something out that nobody thinks is going to work stories yeah. ever. Yeah. So anyway, continue. You find a piece of land that got repossessed by the bank. Yeah, and nobody wanted it, thought it was, and again, we're, we're kind of rural people anyway. We like being out and about like where we're at now um, in the country setting. And supposed in a floodplain, that type of thing, what that means for anybody else is potential for flooding. So at that time in that space, you know, your, your well caps were sitting about this high for your water and stuff. But we made an offer, I made an offer that was a really low because my goal was to then use the land value, buy the land and then use the land as equity to go in and purchase and build a home. <laughs> and so again, whether that flies today in conventional banking or not, um, <laughs> in the old Bailey Brothers building and loan type days, <laughs> that made sense. And the local bank there who's phenomenal, who we still bank with, um, said does yeah you and that land you got that land that's great it's worth and it was worth a lot more than what you know we were able to get it for so it was a blessing um yeah and we were able to build our our first home there and that was great and so you know they they helped us finance that and turn it around and to this day we know the people that you know which again we drug you away from there when we had to move, oh my god! Because it was it was a haven. I mean, uh, you're beautiful. Our, the home I grew up in from then on that we're sitting out on the back deck. So apologize if the audio is yeah aggressive, but we couldn't not be outside yeah. tonight. Uh, but I but like this home is obviously beautiful. But man, that mm. was a that home was yeah. so beautiful yeah. that it was a traumatic experience. It was, and I think that's why like when I when I finally heard mm-hmm. that story of how yeah. you actually got that land yeah. and used the on paper equity to, to finance building the house yeah. was just like uh, just like a hustler of all hustler moves <laughs> to make it work. And I and it it blew my mind, I think, because of how beautiful that home was yeah. and how much yeah. it, it it was just a, a home in a, a home uh, yeah. an adventure land yeah. for for all of us. It was great for for you guys growing up, you know, early on and having multi-level deck and a couple of waterfalls and yeah. the pool and different stuff. It was beautiful. It was fun. It was peaceful. It's kind of like... <clears throat> did you and mom, like, you know, so Case and I have kind of come up in this, like, entrepreneurial, like, vision-driven, mm-hmm. like, go-after-it kind of world. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that wasn't as much <clears throat> around in 1985 or whatever, and yet 
you had this hustler mentality to go get this land and then build this beautiful multi-level deck, man-made <clears> pond <throat> in the back, swimming pool. Yeah. Part of why I was traumatic when we left was because we were going to build a pole barn with a basketball court inside of it and then we'd go we're moving and we'll get into why we moved yeah. a little bit yeah. but uh, what was that am i just ignorant to think that that wasn't like did you and mom have a vision mm-hmm. of we want to get after it and go build this beautiful home to raise our kids in or did you just kind of put one foot in front of the other like how yeah it's a good point I, I i don't think we were um as focused as you might be today, there weren't a lot of a lot of guidance type yeah. books, yeah. you know, other than you know a Zig Ziglar, or, you know, who I still admire, or people like that of teaching you how to be bold and, and work and being positive, and and that would be you know Grandpa Drake was great, you know, on that mm-hmm. end of you know he challenged me a lot on that whole land deal, and I looked around and went, well, you obviously own real estate. Does that not make sense to you? <laughs> and he said it makes a ton of sense. That's what I wanted to hear. So, mm. you know, knowing that, so being able to walk through that, uh, there no, there wasn't, um, you know, templates for laying out your vision and your goals, and it was just, it was back to maybe athletic background or or mm. being raised working on the farms or baling hay, which I still love. I would do it today in yep. a heartbeat. Um, just go out and work. And so, but and did you provide. Talk about so, that. Mm-hmm. Like you want, like, did you guys talk in that season about like what you wanted life to look like? Yeah, we definitely wanted to be, or? we definitely wanted to be um, on our own out, have a, have a home, be able to have a great place for, for you guys. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, part of that, kind of dove into the fact that that community was growing so fast yeah. with with Airborne, um, mm-hmm. not the segue, but, you know, that's where, you know, my sister Joette and Kip came in hand and some very good friends of ours, Brad and Terry, on on maybe homeschooling was a you know, good option because yeah. the schools were just blowing out at the seams yeah. where, where I grew up and they were phenomenal people, but they couldn't keep up with the growth. And so being able to have flexibility. And I think that's our whole focus was if we could drive to have a nice place of our own, be comfortable, enjoy, you know, each other, enjoy our family. That's all we wanted. Uh, yeah. Enjoy that. Uh, love people, love God, you know, be in that environment, but also um, not have not have the other issue of, are we chasing something that doesn't matter? Yeah. You know, all of that mattered. And yeah. so that's really kind of where we were at of focusing on that. Yeah. Um, that was our common bond was, no, let's just do the best we can for our family. And I think, you know, from a father's perspective, that's my role yeah. without a doubt. So do the best I can for my family, period. Um, yeah. And it's not about the stuff. It's about the, the environment that we yeah. can create. So. Yeah. So, fast forward a little bit because we could we could talk about all of this for a long time. Oh yeah. This is, oh yeah. This is fun because I feel <clears> like we've talked about this in pieces, but <clears> you know, you and I have have a great relationship of doing things together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk, but we don't often sit down and do this. So yeah. this is this is a cool experience. Yeah. So, I, you we ended up moving down to Lebanon because you couldn't quite fathom moving all the way to the city. Could not. Uh, but a big reason of what we 
yeah. why we moved was what you were just kind of touching on was school system. Yes. Uh, so <clears throat> talk us through like the decision to move and where, where you ended up getting your sights on us, Kate and I going to school. Yeah, we, we, um, we loved where we were, obviously the setting you talked about, the people around us. Um, we were homeschooling for a couple of years there, had some great people helping us, um, helping you, helping Kate, you know, and again, back to your thought about schedule. You know, I was basically kind of working like second shift, if you will, mm. um, so I could be on hand to help and be around. And that's the flexibility that I loved. Yeah. Um, we could have done more, wasn't, wasn't our choice. But the real goal then, when we heard about Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy um, through um, actually a couple friends, uh, Rick and Chris Compton, Dr. Compton and, and Pam and Larry Bohannon, mm-hmm. We call Larry Moses because he led the exodus <laughs> out, of, out of Wilmington to, to get down to um, CHCA just from a Christ-centered perspective. Yeah. And when we looked into it, we knew. We just knew this is where God wanted us to be. And um, God led us to this house where we're sitting now. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing story in itself, how it opened up, what happened. But this was as far as we could go to. One, we wanted to be in more in the country, but we also were taking care of, you know, Lynn's grandmother, Grandma Drake, on her farm um, for, you know, several years. And so we wanted to be back and forth and in between. And so we navigated and that was, that led us to this, this place. And mm-hmm. uh, we're, we've been blessed ever since. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you think about all the opportunities that CHCA has created. Yeah. You know, I want to talk about back-to-back and, and going yeah. down to Mexico in a second, but uh, <clears throat> I even look around at, you know, I mean, the obvious of Casey, like never would yeah. have met my wife yeah. were it not for CHCA. Yeah. Uh, but then you even think about my best man and business partner, Chad, yeah. uh, Adam Atala, who's yeah. been on the show, amazing friend Jeff Agricola amazing friend I'm gonna leave people out so I apologize to anybody left out but just all the relationships that came Dr. out Simmons, of, I'm thinking of your wedding yeah, party yeah yeah Dr. Was, Simmons so cool in your wedding party <laughs> yeah. yeah and I, and it's Andrew Cleves like just yeah. so many relationships that have come out of just what what was a big decision then but a seemingly from the outside like a small decision right like we're gonna we're going to take the kids to the school and we want them to get a Christ-centered education. And we got that. Yeah. But then so like so much like God, it, I say all the time in our, in our business, like the last few years have been just God saying like, take, take a baby step. Mm. And I promise I will show up huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's like, that was way more than a baby step, obviously. Cause yeah. I know you had to scratch and claw to even get us into the school. Yeah, uh, which yeah. was really because of Kate's great. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but put us, you know. But but even that, like, just uh, like, did you and mom know like what kind of impact that was going to have on our family and our futures? No, I, I I just think we we knew it was right. We knew mm. it was God. Um, I think mm. your mom would say the same thing, especially her being the prayer warrior, you know, and being when we toured the school. And that was a time too when there wasn't as much competition in mm. private schools. So there was a large waiting list. 
-hmm. And so to get in line, um, but we do when we toured the school and especially I think the high school in that auditorium or the foyer, it, we just knew the Holy Spirit was here. It was present. This is, this is right. And we have to, we have to wait and pray and do whatever we have to do, but this is where we need to be without knowing, you know, what that end result really looked like. It's so, Mm. it's so funny to me, you know, fast forwarding to like my teenage years and college years of like, Mm. I always, and still to this day, like have aggressively leaned into things without really knowing how it was going to turn out or whether or not it was going to work or like, and so many times that has caused stress in some ways in our relationship. And, and obviously nine times out of 10, you guys were always like, Hey, if that's think, if that's what you think you got to do, if that's what you think God's calling you to, or how can we help? How can we be prayerful? Go get it. Uh, but I, but I also think like, I got that from you guys. Like it's your fault. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm just like reflecting on all of this, the amount of times you've said, we just knew it was right. We just knew that we didn't know how it was going to work. Like I, I know you've shared before CHCA, even at that time, wasn't a cheap private school. It wasn't an inexpensive thing, especially to go from homeschooling to that. It was an investment. And I think you hold it loosely. You give it to the Lord and you hold it loosely and say, listen, this, we're doing this because we believe this is going to honor the Lord. We believe it's going to honor our children and generations on. And that's why. Mm. And it has done that with no question. Yeah. Yeah. Not too long after we got to CHCA, we got introduced to, you got introduced to a man named Stephen Cullum. Yes. Who forever changed our lives. Still Uh, does. Still does. Talk, I guess, share a little bit about like what was going through your head when Kate came home from school one day and said, I think I want to go on this trip to Mexico, right? (laughs) Is that how that happened? Like, yeah, it was uh, her first half of her first year there at CHCA. And uh, they were having, I think, one of the one of the earliest trips with back to back to Monterey. So Todd and Beth Guckenberger had been theirs Todd was on staff had been in Mexico and I think back back maybe maybe Emma was really young then Mm. so we're going way back Um, but uh, yeah that trip came up and I remember you know Steve is one of those that I would put as a father example with my list Mm. without a doubt Mm -hmm. um, of being a great example and a loving father agreed Um, and you know Matt Cooper who we met through there as well but you look at that, so yeah, this opportunity came up for her in seventh grade. I think you were in fourth grade. Yeah. And, you know, I just said, there's no way you're going anywhere unless I'm going. <laughs> so meeting Steve, and Steve and I still joke about it, where he said, oh, you're a businessman, you got a suit on, you got sunglasses or whatever. Not like this right now, but uh, <laughs> what are you going to do? And then we strike up this phenomenal brotherhood and friendship. Mm-hmm that, you know, for me has been 50-some trips and uh, serving with back-to-back, and yeah. um, and he's been such a warrior, well, you, you know, for, for that cause and for back-to-back. and You and Kate just totally fell in love yeah, at that point. Yeah, you yeah. came back and said, Mom and I had to go. Yeah. We went that following summer. Went back summer. the following summer, yep. And then 
and th- I feel like it wasn't too long <laughs> into getting to know Todd and Beth Kuchenberger, who founded yeah. Back to Back. Todd's been on the show a couple times. Uh, to where you decided, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Mexico to hang out with the kids down there and work. Yeah. I'm gonna go 50 times before I'm 50. Correct. Yeah. Like what? Why? Every quarter. Why? At least once a quarter. Um, I, I think, in a way, and I, and, and I think the timing too of, um, in that time frame of being at the vineyard, Dave Workman would have a great influence on that. Um, our eventual small group with them, you know, of, of just serving where you're called. Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, we, we do that, can do that, and do that locally, and it's in your backyard. It's who you meet every day. Yeah. But at that season of life, it was just meant to be there. Yeah. And uh, for whatever reason. And yeah. um, so going and being there, that, that just... I felt that we were being fulfilled. We were enjoying that. We were serving a purpose. And I think seeing what Back to Back was doing and still do to this day over and above that margin um, of building and sustaining and then pushing on to a whole nother level. um, I think that's what what drew me um, and us. I think one of the things I learned from you that that you and mom have always done is like if we're in we're all in yeah right like we decide you decided CHCA was the right fit so before Kate and I even got admitted it was let's move closer to Cincinnati and we're going like we're all in on CHCA and we became you guys gave generously to CHCA we invested in that community we were all in like yeah. You go on your first back-to-back trip, and immediately we're all in on this cause. Like you mentioned, Dave Workman, who's pastor yeah. and really long, got Vineyard Cincinnati, which is a mega church now here in Cincinnati. Phenomenal mentor, amazing for legacy. Me. Yeah. He he'll be the maybe next or a couple episodes after this one. Okay. Coming up that we already recorded together, but had a huge impact on our lives. Yes. But you start going to the Vineyard, and it was we're all in on the Vineyard. You yeah. ended up on the board there, yeah. uh, and best buddies with Dave, and yeah. uh, like. I just, I think I've always admired that about you and mom and mm-hmm. not really put the pieces together of like, that's my, that's 1000% been my personality. And I got that from you guys of yeah. you make a decision. If God is calling you to it yeah. and it's good, then why, why only go part of the way, like go all in on it. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's a good point. That's the key. I think we just. And this is where, again, I, I give your mom that credit of being such a tune. So like my mm-hmm. sister, other people, just she's a great prayer warrior. And so mm-hmm. she listens, she discerns well. Um, I, I more want to pull my sword out and go to work and, you know, mm-hmm. do what I got to do. Um, as I've told people in hard seasons of our lives for our family, I think God's got me in a nice headlock just telling me just I got this. Yeah. I got this slow down yeah um so i think as you battle through that i I think we just knew this is right yeah this is this is god ordained this is right so we press and we go you know all in and we do what we have to do and so yeah being on the vineyard board or back-to-back board or you know or or, you know chca board that's just a way to help and give back but to be around and help them do you know, if Steve McCollum's got an event, we're going to be there to help and we're going to do something or back to back 
you know, just that blesses us. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the weird part, right? So we go to Monterey and we, we try to help and we think we're showing up as Americans and we're yeah. going to help it. No, I'm the one that gets blessed. Yeah. I'm the one that gets blown away. So I think what's <clears> cool <throat> about having this conversation with you is just like perspective of it's interesting to me to think about all the way from, you know, small town, Wilmington, Ohio, you know, not even a thought of a cell phone to now <laughs> we're sitting on the back deck in Lebanon talking about going on 50 plus mission trips to Mexico uh, with your 30 year old son and a one phone recording our audio and one phone recording video. <laughs> Uh, so camera phones, right? Like even that thought, pre- like yeah. it's just interesting to me how much uh, God will provide and mm-hmm. do if you just lean into what yeah. he has. Yeah. And you guys have just been a great example of that for for Kate and I both, and I know so many others mm. of just what it, what it actually looks like to just lean, take it one day at a time. Yeah. And just lean in and take that next step towards, next bold step towards what he wants to do. Um, And know that like what feels like a bold step to you is gonna pale in comparison to how he's gonna respond to that obedience. I believe that. And I think that's gonna be, I mean, we're we're the ones that are, I'm humbled by that and blessed by that. It's nothing we did. It's what he opened the doors for, Mm. you know, and, and meeting like, Ron Bashir and people at Northwestern Mutual and met him the same week at CHCA and at the Vineyard. I yeah. mean, it's a God deal, yeah. you know, a, a great godly father as well. And so you see that and, you know, I think of that investment too. It's going to, it's going to bless Evan and Jack, you know, our grandsons as well. It's going to bless you and Casey. And I think there was a funny story when you mentioned that about, I think Sue, Casey's mom shared when, yeah she first started of, oh, you could just marry Kirk Kersey someday and you wouldn't have to change your luggage. She, and so she I look likes at that to go, bring yeah, that up often to true. prove that she is always right. <laughs> uh, and there yes. are awesome people too, you know, pursuing yeah. the same thing of, yeah, if we, can, if we can be with those people, you know, those godly people. And again, I, I would tell you, those folks that serve at CHCA, I, I love them dearly. Yeah. Um, they give of their time and talent and treasure to be there. And they they bless so many. I mean, yeah. we're, we're an example of that and we'll forever be there to support them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I think in not, not to say that any of that road has been easy because I know yeah. all of those were hard fought battles, you know, without going into a ton of detail, we're walking through, have mm-hmm. been walking through a season with our family yeah. That has been hard, yeah. really hard yeah. from health considerations to some painful things that have been outside of our control yeah. from a family perspective. Um, what, what has helped you, I guess, maintain perspective and confidence that God is in control despite just tough situations? Yeah, I think there are there are definite times and, you know, I'm, I'm humbled when I'm reminded from him of that, because there are definitely times when I, you know, again, I think I told you, I looked up thinking about this dictionary definition, a man in relation with his child or children. So what's that mean in relation? What's that mean? Yeah. 
And so if you're not, if you're really not in relation, you're not fully in, but if I'm not in relation with my heavenly father, it's a train wreck. I yeah. mean, it's probably, I've been there, okay? So this, like you're saying, these seasons, it hasn't been easy. It's been hard. I haven't always been done the right things, um, battling through that, but I'm learning and I'm always seeing his grace show up. Yeah. And he reminds me of my father of saying, what are you gonna do with that? How are you gonna grow? Yeah. What are you gonna do next? And so, you know, it reminds me of Coach K, next play. Yeah. You know, who we love and admire, next play. What are you gonna do? So with, in this season, I think it's that reminder of looking to him and saying, okay, these are ugly man times that are mm -hmm. happening and what's really going on uh, not the illness side, but the other side. But so what are you, what are you gonna do with that? Mm -hmm. And so being able to go, okay, it's staying persistent to truth mm. and staying persistent to prayer. And again, that's where I'll tell you, you know, your mother, my prayer warrior, uh, my sister, among others, you know, being there, different people, friends being there. Uh, beyond measure, Todd and Beth, other people, you know, so when you put that together, that's God's community. Yeah. That's how he designed it. Now, in it, it's got to be, you dig in. Yeah. Okay, this is, this is battling. This is fourth quarter war, right? Yeah. So you, you dig in, but you battle on truth and you battle in the right way. And you, you've got to dig back into him and his word and his promises. And they're true. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I'm here and uh, we just went to a outdoor worship that, uh, mm. you know, my nephew Chase, your cousin Chase mm -hmm. and others led and Tony and Travis and people. And, you know, one of those songs of the, the blessing, which is, uh, you know, very mm. popular now, but <clears throat> in the boys love and adore Chris Tomlin and listening to his music. And so I think it just reminds us again, um, where, where you need to root and where that truth comes from. And so it's, you know, take heart, right? Yeah. Take heart. Yeah. You know that well. Yeah. So it's powerful. I think, you know, we often, I often ask for advice from dads on the show of like four, four dads with young kids or new mm. dads. Yeah. And we talked about that a little bit <clears throat> early on, but I'm curious for you, what are, what are you learning in this season as, a grandfather and as a father to adult children like what are some of the things that you're learning as a father now in this kind of new season of being a dad um i think i think that um especially being somebody being being an entrepreneur yeah. being in that mode there are a lot of things you don't control yeah we know that but at the same when it comes to your family and you got to fight and claw for what you know is unjust, um, you still have to persevere. You know, we have a mantra, we never give up. Mm -hmm. We never give up. So we keep fighting. So I think it's, and knowing with being honest with transparency, mm -hmm. that yeah, there are some things that we don't understand, or I mess this up, I still stumble, but learn from my mistakes, learn from this. You know, do it right, do it over, mm -hmm. learn from it. So I think for me, it's still being able to say, 
hey, learn from this era, this time, these mistakes, this world that we're in, my goodness. Yeah. Look at this, take from it, learn from it, put it in context of God's word, and then go, go. Yeah. And do do positive with it. You know, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna hit roadblocks. You're gonna, you know, it's ugly. You're gonna hit roadblocks, you're gonna hit things, but you don't stop. Yeah. You know, you, you we win in the end, right? Yeah. So keep That's persevering. That's the message of that John 16:33, the take heart scripture is Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble, right? He promises. Yeah. That there will be trouble, there will be persecution, yep. there will be difficult mm. seasons, and yet take heart because I have already overcome the world. Yeah. You know, I, I think <clears> of <throat> Darius Sneed, who was on yeah. the podcast a few episodes ago, his yeah. song Best Days, that yep. like standing on that promise, yes. regardless of the circumstance, that our best days are ahead. Yeah. That 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 game over, conversation yep. over, right? Yep. Like if we have confidence <clears throat> in that, right, that's all we need right. to get through it. And don't Easier let said the, than done. But. Yeah, don't let the enemy have the foothold of today and the media and the, you know, just the other stuff that comes yeah. with it. You know, yeah. persist, persevere. There, there are all those people that you talked about on our journey. Mm-hmm. All of those are still around. Yeah. For you, for Casey, for Kate, for Jack, for Evan, for anybody listening, those communities of believers are there. Yeah. You know, the Todd and Beth Guckenbergers, you know, the Dave Workmans, the CHCAs, you know, the Ron Bashirs, all the people I could go through, Ron yeah. and Mary, everybody, we could go through them and say, guess what? They're all there. Yeah. So just keep your eyes in the right direction yeah. and push. It does, and it sounds easy. I, I don't mean it that it's easy. Yeah. You're, you know, simple, but not easy. I stumble still, you know, I still, yeah. and I have those battles and have to rein in. So it doesn't matter. I'll be 60 this year. So, you know, it still happens. It's still learning. It's still educating. So I, I almost think, you know, I, I think one of the things, um, that I learned from you, uh, is that, you know, you think about in boxing, once the gloves go on, yeah. they're taped, and they don't come off till the fight's over. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think there's something to be said for stand, deciding to stand up as a man, despite familial circumstances, despite <clears> business <throat> circumstances, <throat> despite national or global circumstances, mm-hmm. and recognizing that, hey, my gloves are still on. I'm in the fight. Yep. You know, I might need seasons where I sit down and get some water and spit my spit my mouth guard corner. out, you know, but I, <clears throat> but, but no matter what, my gloves are still on. Yeah. And so I, I got to make sure that I'm staying on my feet yeah. and that I'm focused. And I think, you know, you and mom have modeled that really well. So I just want to say thanks for yeah. wow. hanging with me. Thanks for being who you are as a dad. Um, I think you've created so many experiences and moments uh, for us that you've proactively created, but even more what I've learned about being a man from just watching you be a man uh, has, has shaped me uh, in ways that I couldn't even describe. Um, and thanks to the listeners for hanging with us. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and uh, I, I, no, I love you. I'm proud ya. of you. You know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you that. I know you know that from your mom and I, and 
very proud of the man who you are. Mm -hmm. You're like me, you married way over your head. Mm -hmm. So, you know, honor that mm -hmm. and, uh, but really very proud of you because you, you took advantage of mm. those opportunities mm. that were there they, to be around believers and to be around people that could build into you. Mm. And you use that well. Mm. And that's, I think that's what has brought you to this point of being able to, to press on. And it doesn't mean, yeah, we're, we all still have heartache and trouble and we battle, but you know where the truth is. And I think that's, that's the beautiful part of seeing yeah. that. So yeah. proud of that. And I know you're, you're a great influence on Jack and Evan and look forward to seeing, seeing them battle on as well. Well, happy Father's Day. Thank Cheers you. to all the fathers. Amen. There. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Love you, Dad. Love you. Thanks. Fellas, here's the deal. We have way more people listening to this podcast than we do on our email list. What's up with that? If you are listening and you are not signed up for the Grown Man email list, I don't know what you're doing with yourself. <laughs> Go to grownmanproject.com, get signed up for the email list. We deliver one email a week. That's it, one email a week, but it is packed with resources, other podcasts we're listening to, books that we're enjoying, uh, new opportunities to engage with us and, and the community here at Grown Man. And so I would love to be able to send that to you once a week. And if you don't like it, guess what? You can unsubscribe. It's really not that hard. But I have a great feeling that if you like this podcast, you will love the email series. So go to grownmanproject.com, get signed up there. Thanks as always for listening to the show. I love the community that is rallying around what it looks like to boldly step into manhood. I appreciate each and every one of you. Let's go be grown men. Thank you.